All right, Heather. A, B, C, D, or E? Um, C. C. So, the person that played, I want to say it's Charon. It might be Charon. I don't know. Or Charion. I don't remember the name of the character. It's the Greek person that ferried people across the the road or the, the river Styx. Um, oh, yes. That person. Anyway, uh, the person that played him in a movie or a character named that uh, was Lance Riddick. And Lance Riddick passed away today at the age of 60. That is really sad. I really liked him. A good like character actor. I mean, and it's like like a like a like a super hit to me because of The Wire and Fringe and yeah. John Wick. It's like all of it all at once, and like him, I'm just like it's one of the most depressing things I've ever heard in my life. I know it's uh, really sad. Yeah, and he was uh, weirdly supposed to also, like, I know we talked about Greek stuff. Uh, he was going to play Zeus in the new Percy Jackson TV series that they were doing for uh, Disney+. Plus. Oh, really? Yeah, but not anymore. I mean, well. Was, was that, he going to be? I don't know. They might have filmed it. Was he going to be in that John Wick uh, series they were doing? The ballerina? I don't know. Mm. Okay, wait, wait, wait. There was the series... That's based on the hotel, mm-hmm. the international. But then there's the spinoff movie, The Ballerina. Right. With Ana de Armas. Right. I don't know. If he's in either. Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I do not know the answer to your question. But That's Okay. But it, yeah, he will be missed because he was, he was great. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. That just, it severely caught me off guard. I mean, I didn't also realize that he was like 30 or I mean 60. Like. You thought he was younger than that? I don't know what age I thought he was. I just was not thinking that. Yeah. It's also because I feel like in anything I've seen him in, like he just hasn't aged at all like in like everything i've seen him in i'm just like he looks the exact same age he does damn near look exactly like he did in the uh the wire yeah and i mean that was 20 something years ago and he looks almost the exact same yeah and he played he was an american horror story right he played the uh who's that guy he played the voodoo uh oh goodness he didn't what play. Is his name? Did he play? Was it Samidi? I thought he did. Yeah, I think he played Samidi. I do not remember. I mean, that was also so long ago. And I stopped caring about that show so long ago. To be fair, I do think it was in the Coven season, which is a better season. There's also, I think, the, the last time I may have actually really watched that show. And then on top of yeah, that, that's still fair. not cared. Oh, 
my gosh. I cannot find anything ever. Like, the problem was, is he was actually in multiple seasons of it. Oh, he played Papa Legba. Oh, okay. Which. Yeah, he was great in that, too. Well, ish. That's a weird, weird take on Papa Legba. Oh, is it? Well, because they play him like he's Baron Samidi. But, I don't know. See, and that's one of the problems with it, too, is they're just like, oh, voodoo shit. Pick a voodoo name. Right, and they just don't, like, follow through on the accuracy or anything. Yeah, and God forbid Ryan Mur- Murphy, you know, care. <laughs> I don't know. Ryan Murphy to me is one of those just insanely, insanely lazy showrunners where he just doesn't even try. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just like, I don't know, some shit. They're (laughs) like, hey, should we do this accurately or actually like try to portray like any sort of actual humanity in any of these scenes? And he goes, nah, just do some shit. Not really. Right. And I think the last time I even tried to watch American Horror Story, I think it was the double feature season. Yeah, last season. Maybe, I don't know. I made it through like, I guess the first part of the first half of the season when it was one story. But then as soon as I found that like that story was going to end in like two episodes and I was like, that means I've kind of only halfway thought any of this through. Right. And then, you know, just switch to something completely different. I was like, oh, so it's going to be just two seasons of half-baked bullshit. Or, you know, a season of two stories of half-baked bullshit. I'm like, nah, I'm done. I don't even watch this shit no more. Yeah, I mean, that was a really, I don't know. I feel like that was a, an odd decision to make because, yeah, if it feels like, Technically, like one of the stories did have a full story, but the second part of it felt very like random because it was less episodes. It wasn't like they really split it equally. And yeah, it just, it kind of just felt very like, you know what? I have two stories that are almost complete. So let's just do both of them and make a really fast conclusion to them. Uh, that's kind of the way he does that shit though too like i kind of hate how it's like every season has its main theme but they'll throw in other themes too with it and it's just all half-baked like as much as i thought asylum was a pretty solid season that alien bullshit right in the middle of it too was so fucking Mm -hmm. dumb they're just like oh hey yeah aliens too that's true i forgot they did that (laughs) Yeah, Asylum was all right. I mean, I still think Murder House and Coven are the best seasons, but um, Asylum was all right. And then, like, one, I mean, one of the problems I randomly had then in, 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 in Coven was that, like, it was like the two sides were fighting each other, but then they had to unite against a common evil, but then they had to do that witch trial thing at the end. But then there's also the yeah. scene where, like, what's-her-name gets, like, 
raped by a minotaur. Yeah. And you're like, that's apparently a thing. Okay. Right. What a, but also then it's like, they're trying to tie that into voodoo. And I'm like, I don't remember too many, you know, Greek mythological creatures also being a part of voodoo culture. So. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, there's some holes in in most seasons, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. It just starts to feel that way. Like, Hotel ended up feeling so lazy to me. Mm Because you have the whole ghost thing. There was the same rules as Murder House. But then you had the vampire thing right in the middle of it, too. And then you had the random, like, serial killer baby right in the middle of all of it, too. I mean, I guess that one, like, you're right. But I think it felt less, like, super random because it felt like, oh, well, this is a hotel full of all sorts of different types of people with different stories. But looking back on it again, like, yeah, definitely. it, It was a lot of, like mix match things put together (laughs) and then like the Roanoke season was just kind of like nothing and then the uh I hated that so much was a missed opportunity the fake story that was also the real story thing from fucking Roanoke was stupid as hell oh yeah and also it's playing on like I I'm so also tired of of shows playing on things and also in a lazy manner, they're like, Roanoke, no one knows what it means. I'm like, oh, is this 1972 still? Right. Like, they know what Roanoke means now. They know, or the whole uh, Croatoa or whatever the hell that bullshit was. They know what that is. It's Croatoa. They know why Croatoa was carved into a tree on Roanoke Island. Mm-hmm. Like, they know. You're not, like, catching anybody off guard anymore with that shit. And yeah, so like I said, it's like, and then like the cult shit, like, like you said, that was just so fucking lazy. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I get what they're trying to do, but that was some of the most lazy, you know, oh, let's attack the right wing bullshit ever. They weren't even trying. And then the way they did the cult leader thing where he was just a fucking guy that just magically was able to get people to do shit. Yeah. And that's the thing about it. Like they did the, the quick, I think there was like one episode where they went through some other cult leaders and things like that. And like Evan Peters plays all of them and that's all well and good. But man, when I heard that they were doing the cult season, I was like, this is going to be interesting because I just, I think that could have been a fascinating storyline. It was such a missed opportunity to like make a really interesting cult story. They completely missed the opportunity with that to, yeah, to just kind of do, yeah, a more modern like take on this is our America now, you know. Just lazy ass bullshit. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Back to Lance uh, Reddick. Yes. I mean, yeah, I my first introduction to him that I distinctly remember was The Wire and how fantastic he was in The Wire. And then, like, not too long after that, all of a sudden he's, like, 
on Fringe. And I was like, oh, man, this guy's amazing. Like, doing it again. Fringe was my first um, experience with him. Yeah, he was great in that. And, like, he is such a distinctive, like, he had such a distinctive aesthetic and voice to him. Like, yeah. It was one of those things, like, you hear his voice and you automatically know it's him. Right. You know, and then I even loved it when he would do like some comedy stuff here and there because you would get his voice and his very serious demeanor saying the, mm-hmm. some of the most ridiculous shit ever. And I fucking would love it every time. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked him in the John Wick movies. Like, yeah. I'm, I was, and I, I still, every movie, I feel like we're going to get to see him do some more crazy shit. I, I liked the fact that you got to see him do some stuff in the third movie. Mm-hmm. And I kind of yeah. feel like in this fourth one, he's going to do some more stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I also liked how he was John Wick's dog sitter. Yeah. Because he's such that a small nice. guy. Yeah. Did they, did they release how he died yet or no? As far as I know, all they know so far, or at least all they're saying so far, is that he died in his sleep. Mm, okay. Like he went to sleep and just never woke up type of shit. Okay. So, yeah, I've got no idea. Hmm. Yeah, he was, he was, he was really good. So he'll be missed. Yes. Yes, he will. Anyway, are you ready to get on to this fucking episode? <laughs> it's one of those things. Yes. The intro is kind of a downer. And then we're going into more of a downer. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is going to be a chore of a fucking episode. Buckle up, Cinefans. You can tell I'm just oh so right. loving what we're about to talk about. <laughs> exactly. This yes, is gonna be I'm a, ready for it. Uh, a classic Sterling bitch fest. <laughs> Here's our theme song. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Come on. Cinema Slayers. Slayers. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather, and just Heather, no Jason tonight. As Jason uh, was not able to watch it. So, according to him, though, he will be back next week. He said, no matter what. And he said, if he's not back next week, if you are a listener to that episode, you just have to IM him on like Facebook or Twitter or text him if you know him personally or or Instagram or any of the social medias that way. And he will pay you $5. <laughs> yes. And you can redeem it every time you listen to that episode. So if you go back <laughs> yes. and listen to it again, you can, and, and he's not on it again. He will pay you $5. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that is 100% legally binding. 
Although I am a little bummed that we're not going to get his uh, scream, what is it, puns he's going to do that he would have done. Maybe he'll he would say something like he was you know mentally screaming at how bad this fucking movie was. There you go. And he was screaming at the movie screen about how bad this movie was. <laughs> Maybe. Any number of things. Any number of things because of how bad this movie was. Which is very bad. So. No spoilers yet, though. Not trying to spoil how I feel. It's just a bad right. movie. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Um... I never even finished the intro. Uh, as always, oh, I'm joined by Heather, no Jason. And we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the newest movie in the Scream franchise, Scream 6. We will go recommendations, or we will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around in the video or in the uh, audio, the podcast, uh, if you so require. With all that, Heather, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about Shitfest? I mean, Scream 6. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm completely as down on it as, as you appear to be, or that I'm going to assume you are, but... It, uh, you know, I actually, I do have to say I was a little disappointed in this movie because I don't know. I, I guess that before I saw it, the few people online or the few things I'd read about online was like, this is so good. It's better than the last one. You know, like kept hearing that this was like such a great installment in the Scream franchise. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, and, you know, maybe that's why it's good to not listen to those things till after you've seen it. But I, I, it was just kind of a letdown because I don't think that there was anything about this particular movie that made it stand out really in any sort of way as like a more memorable of the movies. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess like, storyline wise there's things that would make it stick out but as far as like I, I mean I guess you could say it's probably one of the more um violent ones or the ones that you see uh more of like crazy violence with um but I think that they had a big idea for how they wanted this to be executed and it just it didn't reach the potential that it thought it was going to. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I also think that the, <laughs> for whatever reason, the acting of most of the people on this one just wasn't like, not to say that, you know, the screen movies have the best acting in the world, but just people in this movie that I expected to have better performances that just didn't. Um, it's almost like some people phoned it in a little bit or something. I don't know. Or maybe it was on purpose. 
I don't know. But I, I don't know. I just, I was, I was let down by this one. Um, there were some elements that were okay. Uh, there's some, some people in it, some characters in it that I, I was okay with in this movie. Um, in concept, you know, but I don't know anything about it just really was like, okay, I guess, you know, <laughs> like there was nothing there just wasn't anything that made me like, oh my goodness, this movie is like, makes me believe in the Scream franchise again or anything like that. It's just not that movie. And as we all know, and have always been complaining about since we heard about this, there's no Sydney. Um, and that just kind of sucks all around because it's Sydney. So, you know, and I, I, I guess I will say for the fact that Sydney is missing, you know, you get it, you do get a Sydney hole in in your in your life without her in this movie but i do think that in a sense they probably did about the best they could with a scream movie without having her in it um it it falls flat for me in what they were trying to execute with it as far as i could tell um so i it's not it's not really up there for me but at the same time is it the absolute worst in the franchise? No, it's not that either. So it's, it's, it's really a mixed bag, but I, I lean more towards disappointment from this particular film. Recommendations and score. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. What you got? <laughs> So this is just like a me podcast because, you know, you got nothing. Uh, <laughs> I'm biding my time. You're biding your time. Okay. Got it. <laughs> you really want me to go now with mine? Yeah. What's your recommendation score? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I guess I'll have to say, I do think if you've seen the other ones, I do recommend seeing this one because it's part of the franchise and there are some characters and there's some things that happen that, you know, I, I think are worth seeing, I suppose. Uh, don't expect it to be the best one, but I recommend it. If you, if you saw the other ones and you enjoyed the other ones, I do recommend it. If you're just looking for like a horror film that you think is like a good slasher or scary movie that you just want to watch, no, not necessarily. There are other ones out there. Um, but again, not the worst one. And it's also not the worst time I've had at a movie. So I'll give it a, I'll give it a 63, uh, hmm, 63 ghost faces on a subway bus freaking everyone out out of 100. To be accurate, it's a subway train or car. Sorry. Subway train is actually what I meant to say. My bad. I just want to make sure your your score is correct. Thanks for looking out. Movie sucks. It is the worst in the Scream franchise. Hmm. Okay. Don't watch it. (laughs) 
And let's hope that when they do Scream 7, it's a requel itself. And it negates the existence of this movie. Yeah, 5-2. Why not? And 4. Let's get rid of five, four, five, and 6. All of them. Just all the new ones. I'll give it a... 4. Yeah, 4. It's just a 4. Okay. I'm trying as much as this movie did. Got it. Understood. <laughs> uh, so the official Cine score for this movie is a 33. <laughs> okay. Uh, spoilers? Sure, let's go. Spoilers. Heather, Mm -hmm. I sent an email to you and Justin on, 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 on Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. You did. Yes, you did. Saying, don't read this until the podcast. Right. Uh, Can you, do you have that email? Yeah, let me get it. Okay. Okay, yes. I do have it. What time? Shall I open it? Yes. Okay. Uh, what time did I send that email? You sent this email at 1.24 p.m. on Saturday. 1.24 p.m. Yeah. Uh, and what was the date of Saturday? Just so we have. March 11th. March 11th at 1.26 p.m. Yeah. Okay, now, if you could, mm-hmm. read the contents of that email. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. This is what it says. After watching all the other five movies, I have a prediction. At least one of the killers in six will be related to Richie from five. I also feel like this movie will either follow three and have one killer or be the first to do more than two. Really spot on there. <laughs> and what time did I say I sent that at? Uh, 124. 124. I also just send you a picture of my, mm-hmm. my movie ticket. Okay. Can you just read the date and time in which I watched Scream 6? <laughs> Saturday, March 11th at 1.30 p.m. <laughs> so six yeah. minutes before the movie, I, I sent this email. Mm-hmm. You, I'm tired uh, of being right. You didn't right. miss a beat. <laughs> you didn't miss a beat at all. This is definitely... A real thing, everybody. Now, with this also, Justin was included in this email. Mm-hmm. At the time, we did not know if he was going to be on this episode. There was a chance, but it was looking more like he wasn't going to be on this episode. Yeah. So, 
you and me had decided to go see the movie together. Mm-hmm. Now, during the movie, I mean, this this is going to mm-hmm. be your word. Yeah. During the movie. And a scene that I think that was about 15 to 20 minutes into the film. I remember well. <laughs> Did I not correctly identify all three killers? <laughs> you did. Yes. It was the scene where Mindy is in the uh whatever common park area or wherever they were at. Samantha. Um, not Cindy. Or not Cindy. Mindy. Oh, Mindy. Mindy. I think yeah. you said Mindy in my head. You said you thought Sydney, Sydney, <laughs> yeah, Mindy. Uh, yes, when correct. Mindy's Mindy. doing her, Mindy. her her monologue thing in the grassy area with the park benches or wherever they were at. If this was it a nineties or nineties uh, or two thousands TV show, it would have been called The Quad. Yes, basically, yeah, it, basically, it was Mindy on the quad doing her monologue about all of the whole this is who you should look out for and this is who it is and these are the rules that you need to know, uh, that whole thing. It was during that scene I specifically remember <laughs> because there was one person that I was suspicious of when that was going down that I thought, okay, I got to keep an eye out for that person who was Ethan, who is one of the one of the guys, one of the, the killers. Um, and like right after I thought that in my head... <laughs> You were like, hey, I know who all three of them are. <laughs> I was like, okay, who are they? Well, and, a hair before yeah. that scene, I had named the first killer. Yes. Because yeah, there's a did. scene in the movie where they're questioning Sam. And they're like, what's your alibi? Because we found your driver's license at the crime scene. Don't get, yeah. don't worry. I will be addressing that scene in a little bit too. But, <laughs> you know, and the. She's like, I was at my psychiatrist's office or my psychologist's office or therapist, whatever the fuck she called him. And she was like, and they were like, well, she was like, I can give you your information if you want to verify it. And then the cop guy goes, yeah, we're going to need that. The next scene is that man being murdered. Yeah. That was a little too. So I'm like, oh, so it's the obvious kind of it's it's uh, the guy from the wedding date, whatever his name is. <laughs> uh, Dermot Mulrooney. See, there's Dermot Mulrooney. Um, then there's the guy that played Papa in Stranger Things, Matthew Modine. Mm-hmm. Matthew Modine, Dermot Mulrooney, and then who's the guy that was McDreamy in in Grey's Anatomy? McDreamy. Uh, what is his name? Dylan Patrick McDermott. Dempsey. Or is that Patrick Dempsey? Patrick See, Dempsey. Patrick yeah. Dempsey and I guess it's <laughs> Dylan the, McDermott though. Dylan McDermott. The Those four guys, I get their names <laughs> fucked up all the time. <laughs> I know they don't look alike. It's just for whatever reason, their basic white people names get very confusing to me. Well, yeah, I I used to actually do that all the time with Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulrooney. I always mixed the two of them up when I was younger. So it's not just you. Yeah. And then Patrick Dempsey. I don't know why that's thrown in there. And then Matthew Modine. Like it's just. It's the D's. It's I don't the know. The D's and the M's and the. 
Maybe, maybe it's it the D's in the last name specifically. Because even yeah, in Modine, then you've got like the yeah, the emphasis is on the D. Yeah, and then there's lots of M's. Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulrooney, Matthew Modine, Patrick Dempsey is just the D though. I was but saying yeah. Patrick Dempsey. Well, it's got the M in it too. Yeah, Dem. True. So I think it's the the M's and the D's that kind of make it that way. Maybe, but. Yeah, I nailed him. And then, of course, the character playing his daughter would then also have to be a killer because it's the Scream franchise. God forbid they have somebody be a killer that's not related, most of the time, <laughs> biologically to somebody else. Right. Yeah, most of somehow. the time, it's biologically. So then, of course, and then because of how lazy they were in five with it, where the very first person that is openly accused of being the killer was the killer that means Ethan in this movie. Yeah. And I didn't with know, that one I was just going to say I didn't know ahead. Ethan was a part of the family. True. But yeah, it's not I like not. at that point when they're revealing all the killers and I nailed all three and then my other two predictions were correct also to find out he was also a family member. I'm like that's low on the list of bullshit I don't give a fuck about right now in this moment. Right. No, that and that's fair. Like, definitely didn't know what the motive would have been. But, I mean, when you mentioned those three, I was like, okay, they're not bad guesses, you know? And, like, I was already kind of a little questionable about Ethan because I was like, okay, what's what's going to be his part here? And then I just remember as the movie was going on, like, it actually would have just made no sense for him to be in this movie if he wasn't involved in the killings because he literally did nothing else. There was nothing else about his character that mattered. And that's one of the things too with this movie or with the Scream franchise. There's always the character. You're you're never going to have a, ki- a killer that's not a part of the movie. Right. They're always going to be a part of the movie. And it's got to be somebody that just randomly comes and goes for no fucking reason. And that's why it was that's Amber and, Amber in five. Amber's character would just randomly come and go. Yeah. You know. That's true. And so in this one, it was him. He's randomly there yeah. and randomly not. Randomly there and randomly not. And then what was the, what was the girl's name? Uh, Quinn. Yeah. I didn't buy it for a second when she fucking got killed. I mean, yeah. And at that point it was in my head though, too, because you had already called it and I was like, interesting choice. And then when she died, I know this isn't, it's not necessarily specifically the case in all the movies, but the fact that we didn't actually see her getting stabbed and like actually murdered made me think you were right because she just comes out and she's all bloody, but we didn't get to see all the stabs and the killings and all of that when it happened. Uh, the Scream franchise rare, rarely has killings that don't happen. They do. They have. Every once in a while, you'll get some murders that happen off camera. Uh, one of them's the boyfriend in the first Scream. The uh, Drew Barrymore's boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. He gets killed off screen. I mean, you see him for a second. But his actual murder happens off screen. Or, or yeah. yeah. And then Randy in the second movie is killed off yeah. camera. Um, 
it, it just it happens every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so even if that was the case where they were trying to be like, oh, no, she died off screen. I still never once felt like I was wrong. Even though they were trying, I mean, yeah. they tried to sell that she was dead and all this other stuff. But then, like I said, once I had already figured out that the dad was the killer too, when the dad comes out and he's all, I'm going to get my daughter's killer. I'm like, I already it know you're It was not one. passable. Like, I already know you're the killer. So I know she's not dead. Yeah. And I think that's part of the whole, like, me thinking of, why was the acting so off in this? And like, I know he was acting. He was an actor acting in this film too. Like he was supposed to be acting like he was not the bad guy and acting like he was upset at his daughter being dead. But it just was so like off putting (laughs) because he's a good actor in general. He's pretty decent. That Dermot Mole Rooney. That's still one of those things where it's hard for an actor to act like somebody that's acting poorly. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like how sometimes like a singer has to pretend like they can't sing. Mm-hmm. But there's still things they do that they just can't help because they're a singer. Like they can hit the wrong note, yeah. sure. But then like they still have all the right breathing techniques. You know, so it's like yeah, those types of scenarios. And then you just get into some insane overacting at the end of the movie. Uh, but yeah, like it was That's just one of those true. things. Like I, I knew who it was the whole time. And at mm-hmm. no point did this movie ever make me second guess myself. Even with the fake mm-hmm. killing of one of the killers, because the other killer is the one that said she was dead. And I already knew that. I'm like, she's not dead. Yeah. Like it makes no sense. I mean, even and when then, they were, go ahead. And I mean, the movie just devolves from there because it's it's one of those things that's like, you know, the cop is at the scenes and Ethan's there. So it's like, oh, see, the killer's here. And then I'm like, the whole time I'm going, yeah, because that's the girl. You know, like in my head, like, I'm just like, I was just that sure the whole time. I'm just like, no, yeah. like, that's just the girl murdering people. But then somehow... This movie has some of the weirdest, like, strength balances of a fucking screen movie ever. Because she's killing people that have, like, eight inches on her, solid muscle, all right. this shit. And she can overpower them. She can take a beating from other people. Like, and this is also one of the worst ones when it comes to, like, people getting shot with a bulletproof vest. And then they just lie there for a while and then get up like nothing. Bulletproof vests while stopping the bullet from, like, penetrating your flesh. It's like getting kicked by a fucking horse. Like, mm-hmm. you're not just getting up. Right. Well, I mean, and that's kind of what I was about to say, too, is like the whole thing of them doing the fake out and trying to make you think that it is Kirby who comes back, uh, who comes back in this movie. Um, it was like, that is the smallest, tiniest little person ever. There's no way that that was her. There's no way. Well, that you should believe that that was her. <laughs> part of the problem with the Scream franchise is one of the things they've done for so long is rarely ever is the person that's supposed to be the killer the one in the costume. They typically have this one actor 
who did like the voice, the voice, yeah. of the ghost face has actually been the same guy for all the movies, which um, is cool. But they typically have like one guy for the movie that'll be in the ghost face costume. With the exception of sometimes when they have multiple ghost face on screen at one time, you know, they obviously can't have yeah. one guy doing that then. But yeah, that's typically whenever they will put it, the, the actual people in the costume at that point. But for the most part, it's one guy. And it's like, yeah, this guy who's obviously like six foot tall. And they're like, it's right. Kirby. Yeah, who's like maybe five feet. <laughs> She's so small. Hayden Pantier is like, what, three foot two? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I mean, it's just so insanely small. obvious the entire time it's not her. You know. Which I'm glad because I actually, I think I would have actually been mad if they had made her. Because here's my thing about it. I was not a fan of the fourth movie, uh, Scream 4. I will say, though, that aside from Sydney, I think Kirby was the only decent thing about that movie, in my opinion. I did not mind her character at all compared to any of the others. So I was okay with her being back. I, I kind of I, I kind of liked it because I did like her character. Um, how she didn't die... That's beyond me. That like was one of the weakest fucking things in this movie. Yeah. They were like, oh, I had died for four minutes, but they revived me. Right. I'm like, so you would have been at the hospital with Sydney and her cousin and Gail. Right. And yeah. Dewey alive. She would have been alive at that point. Dewey wouldn't have thought she was dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's one of the weakest retcons that they kind yeah, of did I agree. to it. Yeah, it, that's that's true. Like bringing her back was fine, but like the reasoning for how they did that was a little bit off. But I mean, I but I do think that other than that, what they did with her character kind of did make sense as far as she was working for the it was the FBI, right? That she was working for. I mean working for yes it was the fbi and yeah she was an fbi agent but to me that was one of the weakest things about it because do you know what the fbi doesn't do have people just stationed looking into ghost face crimes there's not a ghost face division <laughs> in the fbi this is true and that part yeah i just mean in the sense of I could see her completely being that person that's like, I want to join the FBI and find people like the people that almost killed me. Well, that's also one of the problems in TV shows and movies when it comes to the FBI. TV shows and movies make you think the FBI, 90% of the work they do is catching serial killers. And that's like one of the least things they ever do. Yeah. 99% of the FBI's work is white collar crimes. You know? Yeah. Like, and, and also the FBI is a very slow moving organization. They don't sit there, you know, and go like, they might question you. And then like two years may pass and you're like, oh, huh, they never got me. They have no idea what's going on. And then all of a sudden they bust down your door. No, because they literally just spent two years 
going through paperwork to also catch your ass. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. The FBI rarely ever goes after anybody without it more or less being an almost guaranteed indictment. Yeah. They are one of the slowest and methodical organizations ever. They also allow a lot of criminals to not go to jail because they are like, they're like, man, we've got 80% of a good case here. That's not good enough for the FBI. Nothing. They're very slow moving. And, you know, like they're not devoting resources to checking ghost face crimes or potentially, you know, she's like, oh, that's what right. I do in the FBI is I scour message boards to, to find new ghost faces. I'm just like, fuck off with this. Yeah. Fuck why? off with all of this. <laughs> that That is true. The details of it, I agree, are very off. But and then just also, the concept of her joining the FBI made sense to me, I guess. I mean, maybe. But then also, like, you know what the FBI is also not going to let you do? Be a ghost face villain that investigates ghost face crimes. <laughs> yeah. It's just... So dumb to me. Like, I don't really yeah. appreciate the movie being that dumb to my face. And that's on top <laughs> of all the other dumb shit this movie does. Yeah. You know? Like, Which I would like to say, I don't know how you felt about the opening of this one, but I actually really disliked it. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. The fake out killers yeah. to be like, to then introduce the real killers. I was like, fuck this movie. Because it's genuinely pointless. Like it, it, it sets it up. Like it's going to be doing something different in this movie with them. Like supposedly revealing who ghost faces like right off the bat, which obviously everybody knows isn't what actually how it was going to be. But like fake out ghost killer, ghost face killers killed by the actual ghost face but they they it was so unimportant like it just it was so unnecessary like it just was dumb to me i don't know well that was just so they could have a red herring yeah like so were they just sitting there while the main characters are like going to college and they're just sitting there going nope we gotta wait for somebody to fake be ghost face so we can frame them right so we got to keep holding yeah. off on our plan. So yeah, I mean, and dumb. the fact that they didn't even really have they they claim that they had motive for the the guys at the beginning, but they didn't really. Like it was basically the same of like you know we got to wasn't it something about their movie? They again? wanted to like finish wanted Richie's to, movie. Yeah, they wanted to finish the movie, and that was technically their like reasoning but it just was so uh, i don't know it was way left field and also i understand that um you know they always have like these pretty big you know stars at the beginning of a movie so they had samara weaving in this one and i'm actually just kind of bummed because i just think that she would have been a great asset in this movie <laughs> in general like to keep her in it longer because she's great so I just, that was a missed opportunity, but I get it. Cause you got to have the, the big kill at the beginning and she happened to be it. So. I mean, and it's right up there with 
Scream 4's opening scene where it's like a triple fake out. Because you <laughs> yeah. have the opening to Stab 6 that leads into the opening of Stab 7. Or Stab 7's opening also has the opening to Stab 6. And then that goes into the, the actual killing in the movie. And you're like, this is just to have 97 cameos at the beginning of your movie? Fuck off. Yeah. It's boring. It's dumb. Yeah, like, that this, probably was the worst opening. And that's why, to me, this is like reminding me of that. Because it's a fake out killing to the fake out. Or, you know, to like, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, why? Like, and then on top of that, I'm I'm kind of tired of in the screen movies where Ghostface will be hiding in a closet and then on the phone with the person and they can't hear them talking <laughs> in the know. closet. That was especially in this one because there was so much of it. You I was like, cannot no whisper way. on the phone and then sound as clear as you do on the other end. Even if you've got a voice changer, because then that's projecting yeah. your voice. Like, that's not how shit works. Yeah, I'm just so tired of that. And I know the argument could be that, well, you're on the phone with one of them and then they're the killer, like the other one's there. But then why? how does the conversation always time so perfectly with the, right. like the attempted killing? And so it, it has to be the person there. Yeah. It's dumb. And this movie does it a couple of times. And that was kind of annoying with me on that one. Because they did it with Gale also, where Ghostface was able to sneak up in Stone Cold Silence and stealth, stealthily assassinate her, like, <laughs> ripped athletic boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. And that was Quinn. Like that was Quinn. Yeah. The, and Quinn's the on the phone with her. Of all of them. And then talking and has no problems talking whilst fighting a guy and then throwing them through a, like a wall. Right. Just that super strength. And they're dead. Like that's dead weight. So it's even heavier, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's fucking tiresome with that. And as much as these movies are trying to be meta about like the tropes of scream and then being meta about those, but then being meta about the rules of a requel and all this other shit. It's all a bunch of lazy shit that they don't even really fucking try. Because also, how is it possible that there's so many times that Ghostface is just already in their house or closet when they've been in there the entire time? They're just like waiting for hours and hours until like they well, like why is every Ghostface like a master at walking around in new surroundings? And technological geniuses every time. Yeah, every time. And like, it just feels even worse in this movie. And then on top of it, it's all because they're just mad at Sam because she killed their brother slash son. And because he was a killer, he was like, he was just a fan of the movies. Okay. You're not going to win me over when your motivation to kill this character is the shitty motivations of the movie before. Right. And like, you know, I'm still trying to figure out like some of those things that like they did with this. Like you mentioned Sydney's not in this movie. We've mentioned it several times. 
there's a massive Sydney problem in this movie. Because this movie keeps talking about how Sam is the legacy. And I know it's because she's Billy Loomis's kid. Yeah. But that she's not the legacy. Yep, no way. You know, like framing her isn't going to actually do anything at this point. You know, and also don't sit there and try to throw, like, change it all where you've got this new character. And then just because you want the focus to be her, you have to also have them earn it in the movie. And that never really felt like the case because honestly, you're still hinging too much on the fact that she's Billy Loomis's kid. Yeah. Like you're never actually giving her her own thing because you're still just tying it to Billy Loomis the whole fucking time. Yeah. And I didn't even like in Scream 5, I wasn't the biggest fan of her character anyway. Um, I liked her better in this one, I guess, but like even in general, the whole thing where she still is, you know, seeing images of Billy, you know, talking to her, guiding her through whatever it is, is still just super weird and um, makes it actually super cheesy when they do those moments. Every time there's not a moment that they do it that I'm like, that was cool. Like every time they do it, I'm like, this is making the whole scene worse (laughs) to just have him being your conscience. And I don't know. And they're not even doing a good enough job of selling that. It's not actually him. It's her conscious manifesting itself as him. They're not even doing a good job of selling that like that. They They want it to feel like it's him because they're wanting you to go. Yep. The killer genes in her. So it's just like him. And I mean, come on, it's 2023. Can we quit doing the whole, my father was a monster. I'm a monster. Even though I didn't know who my father was. until yeah. like, like, if you really wanted to play that, then that would have been a part of you before knowing that. You know what I mean? You'd have to have to, you, there would have, you know, that's when you have a psychologist when she's talking to him and being like, hey. When he's like, well, was that the only time you felt like that? When you were like having to kill somebody out of self-defense? And she could have been like, I felt like that as a kid. I just didn't know what I was feeling. Something yeah. that, like actually hint that where there's a reason to earn that drama with those moments. Yep. I agree. And that, yeah, the therapist that she was talking to was, yeah. I think movie therapists are also very much always like they, they make movie Cops and movie therapists always just really bad <laughs> in most movies I've seen. Well, like, and with it too, because like that whole scene where she's like, I really loved killing Richie. And he's like, I'm going to have to report you. And she's like, why? And he's like, because you're a danger to yourself and, and, and others. No, you, you address that by asking her a follow-up question. Like, well, why did you feel yeah. good? Yeah. Like, you have to follow that up with something. You can't just go, danger. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, it just, it also just, his whole demeanor 
it's almost like he acted like nobody had ever told him something like really serious and deep and dark about themselves before that moment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just the way that he carried himself in that scene. But I don't know. I, and I also just, and I know we're going to get to this because like there's so many people in this movie that there's no possible way that they should still be alive. But I do one thing that really bugs me about this movie and the last movie um, is this is probably a hot take for a lot of people. Um, Mindy. Mindy is absolutely annoying. I cannot stand Mindy's character. She is just the most irritating character in all of Scream, pretty much for me. Or at least one of them. It's the pretentiousness. Yeah. It's, she's not a movie nerd. She's a movie know-it-all. Yeah. Yep. You know. And she just makes that more important than the whole like dire situation that they're in. And she's just, yeah, she overdoes it every time. Well, and it's because they, it's because they do that weird shit of the, well, I love movies because I saw that one movie that only four other people in the world have ever seen. Right. It's yeah, that that's mentality. Totally yeah. You know, and all she's doing is spouting off shit from an IMDb trivia page. Like Randy was saying shit that a lot of people knew or know, but that was back before the internet. So it's all shit that you had to like watch the movies to find out. Yeah. And keep the knowledge. Yeah. And and then, yeah. whereas her, she's like I said, it's just, it reads like the writers just go to IMDb, they look up a movie, they copy some shit down from a tri- the trivia section, and they just give that for her lines. Yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, it, yeah, just her whole, like, it's probably you, you're probably the killer. And even in the, in Scream 5, when she's talking to Sam and she's like, yeah, you, Sam, because, you know, the rules of everything is what matters here because I'm right. That's just how she is with everything. And also, like, how is she alive? I just don't understand how she's still alive. I don't know how movie. her brother is still alive. That they're, was going to be our next point, probably. They were, yeah, They're trying to no make way. Chad the new Dewey. Yeah. And it just doesn't work because, like, Dewey got stabbed in the first movie. And then he got stabbed in the second movie. But there's actually a throwaway line in the second movie that explains why Dewey still lives in the second movie. It's because he gets stabbed in the same spot as he did in the first movie. Mm -hmm. There's a line whenever they're loading him up into the fucking ambulance. They even say it's because of all the scar tissue from when he got stabbed before. That's right. Yeah. It where it wasn't as bad the second time. You know. And like it's it's those types of things. Yeah. And our friend Chad was stabbed at least 37 times. Well, Chad like, got stabbed in the femoral artery in the in, yes. in Scream 5. Like it cut his and femoral then, artery in his thigh. Yeah. Like he's walking and losing his balance and getting dizzy from blood loss. 
Yeah. It's like 45 minutes until the cops come and the ambulance come. You're not bleeding out from your femoral artery for that long. But he also gets stabbed other places, too. Like, that wasn't the only time he got stabbed then. And then this movie comes around and he gets stabbed like it's a fucking comedy movie. Yeah, like they're just like so stab, 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 stab. It's just over and over and over again. It's so many times. And they're There's just like, no way that he would be alive. Yep, he's alive. It's all because he's Jenna Ortega's love interest now. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is the thing with it too is like, I actually, I like the character of Chad. Like if we're talking about newer characters in these movies, I, I'm fine with him. He's fine. I definitely like him more than his sister, Mindy. I definitely like him more than her. I, I'm fine with him. And so it's not like I'm saying like, oh, like I wish he died, but there's just no way he'd be alive. And then like able to also just like, let's joke and like, also let me kiss you while I'm, you know, fighting for my life when they found me and talk about how the reason he's still alive is the core four. Is <laughs> like, he basically, he was saying like, I'm still alive because of the core four. And I get that that was probably supposed to be like a, you know, like, I don't want to leave you guys. And like, you guys are the ones that pulled me through. And that's probably what that was supposed to be. But just the way it was done was so cheesy and weird because you're also just like coming off of still that thought of, wait a minute, how in the world are you alive? How is it possible that you're alive? It's just crazy. And like, I will say, I mean, not unsurprisingly for me, at least Jenna Ortega was probably my favorite thing about this movie and the last one. Um, I think that she has a presence. I think that she definitely did some of the best acting in this film. Um, you know what I mean? But like, also she got stabbed and just kind of walked around like nothing happened. Well, these last two movies have been kind of bad, but having characters getting shot or stabbed. Yeah. And then afterwards when the ambulance is there, they're just bandaged up and yeah. walking around. Right. Because Sam gets like, stabbed <laughs> in the last movie and in this movie. Jenna Ortega gets stabbed in this movie. And it's always stomach stabs. They always get stabbed in the stomach. Yeah. And they just walk around. And the worst offender of that is um, Mindy's girlfriend who gets killed fairly early on. Like, that girl she's, was, like, gutted. Yeah. And she's just running around bleeding everywhere. Yeah, there's just no way, like, and then they're they're locked in that room. They're trying to get away from Ghostface and go across the ladder. And I'm like, she wouldn't have lived long enough for that. Like, she would have been dead before they got in that room. Like, she was gutted. It was insane. Like, just how, it, it's almost like getting stabbed in this movie is, is like, it, it's just like, oh, yeah, just, you know, I fell down. I'm going to get back up, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they're really bad about it. And I think the the Chad problem is the fact that in this movie and then the last movie, you can't keep Chad around for the final battle. Because he is so much more physically capable than any of the killers in the last two movies. That yeah. if he's still around for a battle scene, or you know, he'd wreck everybody. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Quinn took down Mr. Athletic Boyfriend of Gale. <laughs> that was absolute garbage. Like, well, that was totally like, how is that possible? 
And then when you get to the end of the movie, one of my, one of the worst scream tropes that I think has gotten worse and worse over the years is that everybody, when they reveal themselves to be a ghost face, turns into an overacting mess of a character. Yeah. And they're all trying to copy that shift in Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker. Yeah. Who get away with that because they were fairly young actors at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like they were, that was like a thing that they just did. And then they do it again in two and they do it again in three and four and five and six. And every time it just gets a little bit worse. Yeah. Because the Richie I mean, character it- in fucking five, whenever he's like, I'm Ghostface, went from mm-hmm. being a semi-annoying boyfriend character to one of the most annoying characters in movie history. Yeah. And then in this did one, you Did you call him in that one being the killer? I can't remember if you did. Um, I don't even remember. I think that one didn't, like, that one is what I figured. It was the Amber one that I maybe didn't catch, but I also didn't okay. care. Yeah. It's kind of like in four, I knew it was Emma Roberts. I did not know it was the the Colkin brother. Yeah. It's the secondary one that I have problems sometimes guessing. This one yeah. to me was just more obvious because I was like, well, it's the same writer and director of the first one. And they were insanely unoriginal on that one. So let's follow the rules that they've established they're going to follow because they're fairly basic with how they write shit out. And it was a little obvious in this one because they, they played their hand mm-hmm. in the fifth one. Yeah. Their style, like if they do a Scream 7 and it's them again, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Because I don't feel like these people are competent, competent enough to change it up. Yeah. I mean, and if they, yeah, and if they follow suit, there's going to be like a random family member out of the woodworks that's the killer. It's going to be time. like Amber's mom or something. Yeah. I mean, or like a, they're going to end up doing something that won't make sense. Yeah. You know, unless they do it kind of like in Scream 2, where the character that's Billy's mom, the uh, the sister from Roseanne and the mom from yeah. Big Bang Theory, uh, her character never interacts with Sydney until the end of the movie. Yeah. Because she knows who that is. Yes. You know. And Even though she looked different or whatever, she still would have like recognized her. Well, she her. did. She did recognize her at the end. Yeah. When she sees her, she knows exactly who she is. Like mm-hmm. when she walks in, she goes, Mrs. Loomis? Yep. And Gail goes, what? And she goes, yeah, she lost a lot of weight, but... Yeah. Like that's her. Because I think Gail is the one who didn't recognize her. Because I think she had said something like, oh, I've seen his mom and whatever. And she's like, oh, she she lost a ton of weight. But she recognized her. Yeah. Yeah. And you could do something like that, I guess, with one of Amber's family. Because Sam wasn't around. As long as you just have her maybe only interact with Gail or now, I guess, Kirby or Sam, you know, one or any of the new characters, you know. It'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I think, and also it's either that or you have Richie's mom show up because she's not in this one. Yeah, that's true. I mean, or it could be one of those like weird things that has to do with like Tara and Sam and their relationship of how they don't have the same dad. Like it's something maybe with that. I don't know, but well, yeah, but they would know who the dad is though. I mean, it's not like, so that wouldn't really work too much, but I don't know. It's scream. They'd figure out a way to do it. Maybe uh, that is whoever they'd be like, Oh no, that is our dad. He just got a lot of plastic surgery. Right. That's why we didn't recognize him. Yeah. I mean, and like the thing with this too is, I had a I had to think about my thoughts with what they did with Gail's character in this movie because at first I was like I feel like it's just completely diminishing anything that they did in the last movie with her, you know, growth or whatever uh, with her, you know, and her saying like, "Oh, I'm going to write a a book about, you know, the hero of the town and it's going to be about Dewey and all this stuff." And then immediately right away she's gone back to like, no, I'm going to write about this whole thing again and get another book out of it. And at first I was like, Oh, they just completely changed everything. But thinking about it, it's like, okay, I guess like, what does she have to lose? And maybe that's why she did it. And it was an act of revenge or an act of like, I'm angry about this. And so I have nothing else. It could have been something like that, you know, but I, I feel like also, at the end here when she's, I guess it's kind of at the end or whatever, where she, you know, basically is attacked by Ghostface and you're thinking that she's going to die. I almost feel like she should have just based off of what she said, as far as like, you know, tell Sydney that he didn't win or whatever. He didn't get well, me. I think the reason is, is because you don't want to kill off a legacy character every movie. You know, yeah. because legacy characters, the way the studio is going to look at it is the legacy character is going to bring the older fans. The newer characters are going to bring the younger fans. That's why you kind of got to split it. And that's why I think they didn't do that in this movie. So just expect Gail to die in the next one. I mean, and and it's fine that she didn't, but it's just that line made it seem like it was so final and like, so like it was about to happen. And so I just don't see the point in her saying that line unless it was just basically because we wanted to nod to Sydney. It's well, it's that. And they wanted to make you think she was dying. Right. When literally hardly anybody died, apparently in this last movie. Yeah, but it's the same didn't time. Die. She got whoever st- she got like stabbed and shot in the same place she's been stabbed and shot ninety seven thousand times. I mean, yeah. Gail's stomach should just be nothing but scar tissue at this point because <laughs> she's been stabbed and yeah. shot in the stomach fourteen point seven million times. Which is another thing similar to what you said earlier with the bulletproof vest thing. Like <laughs> in the last movie, when she gets shot out in the front yard by Amber. And you're just like, she just is like, I can't believe she did that. Like, she was just kind of annoyed at it. And she's like, all right, let's get up and let's get her. Like, you well, just she's got been shot. Stabbed and shot in the stomach 97 times. She's been yeah. stabbed and shot in the stomach so many fucking times. <laughs> but I was just like, 
just not even phased by it. I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 crazy how many like just Chad didn't die. Gail didn't die. Uh, Mindy didn't die. Like just the killers, you know, Kirby didn't die. I don't think anybody established died in this movie. Yeah, just yeah, just the therapist died, and those it was all new dudes characters. at the beginning. Yeah, all new characters died. They didn't kill off there. So, in a sense, I guess like what were the stakes of it then? Because nobody died. That it's also like, why about. is this movie set in New York? Also, it might true. as well just be a town with a college because it's got a subway and a bodega, and they're like, yeah, that's New York. Going to a right. bodega once and going on the subway once. Can't get more New York than that. Yep. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the only way that, like, I'm surprised with how with how lazy this movie is. I'm really surprised they didn't have a fight at the top of the Empire State Building at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like Ghostface just meets him up there. And also, like, <laughs> how do you track down all of the Ghostface memorabilia? Like, you really... Yeah bought that much shit off of bad cops. Like I understand, you know, two of the movies or technically three of the movies took place in Woodsboro at that time, but you're also doing it straight up in LA and then straight up in wherever the fuck that she went to college. Cause I don't think they ever actually say where she goes to college. It's just meant mm-hmm. to be a college town. Yeah. You know, right. That's true. Yeah, I know it's it's so it's so much just memorabilia and evidence and everything. <laughs> like I don't know, it was just yeah, that was a little interesting. But I mean, I think that I don't know. I I just feel like there. I don't know. There were just wasted opportunities. I think in this movie, left and right. I mean. I don't know. Like there, there needs to be an invigoration of the Scream franchise because I'm tired of all these movies when they have survivors from the last one. It's always so much of the movie is spent going, well, they're obviously one of the killers. They're obviously one of the killers. They went through all the shit. Now they're one of the killers. They're one of the killers. One of the killers. We've had that for five movies now. We've had that yeah. for every single fucking one of these movies since the first Scream. It's a tiresome trope. Also, I don't know. Use a different knife. How did they <laughs> always like, is there just a, like in that universe, is there a place that's just ghost face knives are the us? One knife. <laughs> yeah. And all they sell is that one knife for like 20 bucks. So and is Ghostface, the, is Ghostface the only like killer, famous killer that anybody wants to be for Halloween ever? <laughs> and that's the other thing too, is they're like, oh, it's a generic Halloween costume. I'm like, but now it's synonymous with that. It's like a constant thing. Yeah. And you're just like, I've never seen that many ghost faces like <laughs> for Halloween. For I don't any even reason. remember there being that many ghost faces after the first Scream movie. Right. Yeah, it, yeah, no, not at all. And I something mean, I noticed that this franchise really hinges on at this point is the Stab franchise, the internal Scream franchise inside the movies. 
And it's something I noticed when I did. I rewatched the first five in order before this movie. Even though I do not like four and five. I used to not like three. Now it's a goddamn masterpiece. <laughs> See, um, I was always in that camp of I I'd never really minded three, honestly, but I get why people don't like it. I just it never really bothered me. It doesn't anymore. I'll gladly watch three over four and five and now six. Right. Um but when I was rewatching all these movies. Uh I noticed something about four and then again in five and now in this one. It's that the, the, the stab franchise has gone up to stab eight and stab eight was mm-hmm. the requel that was directed by Ryan Johnson. And they're like, he didn't get it. He gave Ghostface a new thing and this and that. And they're trying to really like make digs at Ryan Johnson. And they're like, yeah, the knives out guy. I'm like, oh, the guy that's an infinitely better writer and director than anybody fucking associated <laughs> with this fucking movie. Fuck right. off, people. And it's all because they're doing that fake, stupid fanboy bullshit of bitching about the last, Je- the last Jedi from Star Wars that he directed. Hate to break it to you, Star Wars fans. It's a fantastic yeah. fucking movie. Just because it fucking <laughs> destroyed Star Wars as we know it wasn't a bad thing. It's my favorite thing about that movie is it was the most un-Star Wars Star Wars movie out there. They went, hey, all these things that you think are sacred and all this and that in Star Wars, fuck all of that. And I'm like, you know what, Ryan Johnson? I 100% agree. (laughs) It's not my fault that J.J. Abrams went into bitch mode and undid all of it for fucking episode nine. Mm. But I fucking love, I think Last Jedi is up there with Empire Strikes Back. And honestly, on some days, it's better. It's a fantastic fucking movie. But... You know, they're hitting on him about that shit. And I'm like, he's a fucking better writer than director than all of you. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. That's bitching about five. So in this movie, like it all hinges back on the Stab franchise and how it went off the rails and all this shit. And I'm like, wait, how did they get to Stab seven, six and seven that they show in the beginning of in uh, what's it called? Uh, Scream four. Or to the point where they do stab eight and that's the reboot. I don't know how they did that because I want to say it's stab three or four is what they were filming in screen three where all of the main cast and director and main producer slash studio head all die because the director is the fucking killer. Mm hmm. How How the fuck did that movie get finished? Yeah. Slash. I mean, that's a good point. They continue. That doesn't happen. Unless really the only thing that would make sense is if they, like they, they did all these movies. They just made the one that would have been four into the third one or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But still, that's even a hard stretch to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, we never finished Stab 3, so let's tell the story of the making of Stab 3 as Stab 4. Right, yeah. Like, that's that's the weird thing, because even with publicity, that's a tough thing to really go out and market. 
Like, hey, guys, man, we know, you know, a lot of people died making this movie. But, uh, yeah, you should go watch it. Like, yeah, don't let their to, efforts be in vain. Or you would whatever. still have to get other actors to come in and then finish the movie or you know, remake the whole movie from beginning. It's just that's not really one of those things that happens. No. You know, I mean, sometimes they do it pretty much like when one person dies while making a movie that they'll, they'll look and see how much of it's filmed and all this other stuff and they might still release it. But I don't think they've ever done that when like, I don't know, the whole cast dies. Right. And this studio head and the director, you know what I mean? Because Hey, Director's Guild rules would dictate that he probably directed so much of that movie that he would have had to been listed as the active director of the movie. And that'd be very yeah. weird to go, hey, guys, this was directed by a serial killer. Mm-hmm. That's true. And One person that... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just... So it's just weird to me that this franchise keeps going by ignoring that. Yeah. That is a that is definitely like a major flaw because the stab movies are so like for whatever reason important in these movies. They have been the most integral thing of the plot since yeah. fucking Scream Three. Yeah, every single movie is hinged on the fact that they're making stab movies tangentially in Scream Two, but that's just because the first stab movie had just come out. When it came to that. Yeah. But yeah, ever since then, they hinge on the stab movies. I mean, fuck, like, like I said, the the director kills the entire cast of stab three. Stab four hinges on them, you know, being obsessed with horror movies and doing the stabathon and all those things. And then, you know, stab or, you know, Scream 5 exists because Richie hates every stab movie since one and eight was really right. bad. And then this one's mad because Richie was mad at the other movies. So they're mad at him too. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> and one person we haven't really talked about is the new uh, love interest of Sam, Josh Cigar's character. Oh, like, you mean guy from She-Hulk? Yeah. And the thing yeah, with that fine. is like, yeah, he was fine. But the the thing is, the reason that we probably haven't talked about him is because like he, he was almost a non-factor. Not really because he did come in clutch in that one scene when they're trying to get out of the house. But I just feel like with the whole idea of him being a new love interest, I know that there were some moments when they were like accusing him or thought it might be him. They just could have done a lot more with his character is what I think. He's in the movie solely for you to go, Oh, he's the new love interest. He's the killer. Yeah. He's there for the the audience to think he's the killer. Yes. That's why he's got the depth of a puddle in the Sahara desert. Because they didn't actually write him for any other reason than to have that. Yeah. That's I mean, it. and the, yeah, like, and it, it does, I, I mean, it worked on some people. I was, I was talking to a friend earlier today and she was saying that she actually thought that the killers were going to be that guy and Kirby. So everything that they wanted you to do in that, 
was like, it happened. <laughs> like they, they, they took the bait of, oh, the two people they're trying to set it up to make it look like it is, is who they thought it would be. Um, but I feel like your friend is yeah. a big M. Night Shyamalan fan. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't asked, but I'm just saying like there, that was a thing. Like it worked like their, their ploy worked on some people thinking that because I've heard other people that I thought like, Oh yeah, I was so sure it was Kirby. I was so sure it was Kirby. And I, Anybody I never thought, thought it, it would Kirby be, but doesn't pay attention to the fucking movies. I'm not even necessarily saying this movie. I'm saying the scream franchise. Because at no point, and, and, it, and it's not that they couldn't be. It's the fact that these movies have devolved so much that a legacy character won't be the killer. Mm-hmm. Because they spend so much time in the movie going, hey, what if it's a legacy character? They never actually pull that trigger. Yeah. And now at this point... If you want to catch me off guard, you'd have to make the legacy person a killer. That's the only way you're going to surprise yeah. me really at this point because of how lazy they are. But now that I've said that out loud right here on this podcast, it's no longer going to be a fucking thing that's going to be like a smart decision. Yeah. Now that I've said that that's the only smart decision you can do, it's now a lazy thing to do. Is that your early prediction for the next movie? I have to see who the <laughs> cast is first. Mm. Honestly, with as shitty as this writer, like the writing, directing team, and all this other stuff is, in in my opinion, it wouldn't surprise me if they decide to pay, uh, you know, for Sydney to come back to make her the killer. That wouldn't surprise me at this point. I would be so mad if they did that at any point. If they make her the killer or they kill her off, it it no, it's ruining everything. And, and that's the thing is like the, honestly that what they should have done is she just shouldn't have been in five. If you weren't going to, if you wanted to write her out and you wanted to make this a new legacy thing, honestly, you should have had maybe Dewey and Gale only in five. Yeah, that's fair. Granted, I'm sure at the time, you know, Sydney thought she'd be getting what she should be getting for this one. But yeah, I get what you're saying. But, I mean, that's how you do it. You have Gale and Dewey in. You have Dewey get kill, killed. You can bring back Kirby in this one. You can have, I think then you have, you kill Gale. And then you can have Kirby again in, 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 in seven. You don't have to kill, uh, kill her. I don't know why I keep saying kill. I've watched a lot of TikToks of that, that blacksmithing contest they did on, like, Spike TV for a little bit. Uh, oh. Where it's like a blacksmithing competition where they would have to like make famous types of swords from history. And one of the guys okay. that tests the stuff, he goes, your blade would kill. <laughs> nice. And Maybe he that's says it. it. He says it because he's, he's got an accent. Um, but it's kind of become an iconic thing. Mm, yeah. Like within that realm, like fans of the show or whatever. I've just seen TikToks and it's mainly just him. And it's like, you do some stuff and he goes, your blade will kill. <laughs> I have uh, not seen that, but I feel like I need to. Anyway, um, I don't know. That's the only logical reason I know for why I've slipped into keel so much lately. <laughs> uh, 
You know, and then you wouldn't have to kill Kirby off in seven, but you know, they like you use that as a soft reboot type of scenario. And that's what they should have done. You don't bring in one of the ultimate final girls. Yep. And then act like she don't damn well matter. Yep. Like, come on. This is Sydney fucking Prescott. Mm-hmm. She killed her own fucking cousin. Yep. And her boyfriend. And, you know, she she did it. And kind of like a little and bit. And her to brother, your point. now that I think about it. Yeah, that's true. This bitch I mean, has killed her brother and her cousin. And you think because you kill some whiny ass bitch and then that whiny ass bitch's family, you can replace her? <laughs> nope. Get the fuck out of here. That's Sydney fucking Prescott. You put some damn respect on her name. It's true. It's very true. I mean, and like, kind of to the point we were making earlier about like all of them being such over actors once you find out like <laughs> that they're the killer. The I think the only reason it does actually work as well as it does with Billy and Stu is because, especially with Stu, he is absolutely like legitimately psychotic at like his character is actually psychotic. He is also wildly in love with Billy. Right. Yes, that too. And, and so maybe that's why I don't buy Sam being the illegitimate, like daughter of Billy. (laughs) Cause if Billy was fucking anybody on the side, it was Stu. (laughs) I mean, you know, but it's, it's one of those where, his character is such a wild card anyway, even throughout the movie. Like he's just kind of just this out there kind of guy that the overacting in the moments when he did it didn't bother me because it actually just furthered us realizing like that he is an actual psychopath. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think you're right. Like that's why it, it it just, it works better in the first one also because we haven't seen it a million times, but it works better because of the types of characters they are. Yes, they're younger actors, and so it, they could get away with it. But also just the types of characters that they actually are, it makes sense. I think the closest one to that, that actually maybe, I don't know. Amber did a good job of being somebody that was pretty psychotic too. But everybody yeah, else, but- is just it felt like overacting. My problem with Amber was, though, is just it was it was Richie because Richie was so annoying. And then they just started calling each other baby nonstop. Yeah, as that soon was as really they were irritating. revealed that they were the killers, they're like, hey, baby, can I yeah. stab her? Yeah, baby, you can stab her. I'm going to stab him. Yeah, baby. I'm just like, we fucking shut up. <laughs> yeah, that was really irritating. All of you. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I just, it, it, the more we were talking about like the legacy characters and stuff, like it, I was just thinking about it more and, and, and their whole thing of there's still these theories out there that in this seventh movie coming out that Stu will return. 
Stu's coming back and that they've alluded to it that, with what they've talked about in this and whatever. That has been a rumor since Scream 3. Mm-hmm. The original yeah. script of Scream around. 3 is that it was going to be Stu. It fell through. That would have been interesting. The deal with Matthew Lillard fell through. That's why it became her brother. That's actually why mm-hmm. it's a little bit dumb. Like the movie, because they had to change it. They had a script written where it was Stu. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it got flipped around. Yeah. It was even to the point, I want to say in Scream 4 or even Scream 5, the original idea was going to be that Stu was behind the scenes orchestrating it from like a mental ward. Interesting. Like that's how they knew so much. It's mm. because of Stu. Because the theory is, is that he's not dead. Right. I mean, they're trying so desperate to bring back characters that like they're, they've even come up with an idea of why Rose McGowan's character can come back. Because there's no way in the first movie, she's got twin beds in her room. You got to think about the scenes where it's, it's her and Sydney in the room. She's got two beds. So the fan theory is, is that she's got a twin. It just wasn't there. And that now her twin hmm. can come back. Not the character, but Rose McGowan can come back as the twin. Okay. But that's also the dumbest thing in the world. Because I think yeah. people also forget that was Dewey's fucking sister. Yep. People you know what definitely I mean? forget that. And that there's no mention of a fucking twin anywhere. Dewey never mentions once that his other sister is even alive. You know what I mean? Like, you can't retcon it that hard at that point. Yeah, there there would have been something mentioned before now. Yeah. If that was a thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's That's really, that's stretching it. But it would just be insane to try and bring her back. But yeah, that's how hard people are trying to force this bullshit in. I'm like, yeah. see... And that's the thing is like there are articles written like same people are that are like, oh, Scream 6 is the greatest are like also like making TikToks about how, oh, it'd be so fucking great if Rose McGowan came back to play the twin sister. Because this, I'm like, no wonder you like Scream 6. You like bad ideas. But as long as they just mention another Scream Basically. movie, you go, oh, my God, it's the greatest idea in the history of cinema. Yeah, no. No, no, I'm fucking tired of talking about this fucking <laughs> shit bag of a movie. <laughs> I was so bored. They really did give it away too fucking early. Well, yeah, I mean, you called it super early, so you're probably just waiting for like, okay, let's get to the end so you could prove I'm right. <laughs> At that point, yeah. I was like, just tell me I'm right. Yeah. And it went five for five with my fucking predictions for this fucking movie. I mean, do you think any of the kills were cool? No. Okay. I legitimately did not really enjoy a damn thing about this fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, I I, I say that. The one positive thing I'll say about this movie, I guess, is that the producers were such cheap asshole bastards that you didn't have to tarnish Sydney by putting her 
in this fucking terrible movie. <laughs> you know, as much as I think there's a problem with her not being in it, I'm kind of glad she's not. This movie's not fucking good enough. Yeah. For Sydney. It's like a it's like a weird full circle thing though because it would have been better with her, but at the same time, don't do that to her. It doesn't deserve her. <laughs> right. And this is the movie we get. This is the movie that we deserve as a movie going fan base because people, I don't know, don't like the Scream franchise, so they like Scream 5. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, and again, like I mentioned at the beginning that I think considering that Sydney wasn't in this, I do feel like they did the best they could, but I think that also speaks to the fact that that's how much they need Sydney, <laughs> if that makes sense. And I agree. They did the best they could. These people aren't that good. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, after watching Scream 4 and Scream 5, I did not think that this franchise could get any fucking lower. Mm-hmm. Then it did. So, you liked Scream 4 more than this one? Yeah, in the end I did. Okay. More so because Sydney was actually in it, or? Yeah. Okay, and that's fair. That That is a valid reason. I get it. Because otherwise, I did not like anything else about Scream 4. Like I said, I think it's just Sydney and Kirby were the only things about it that I liked. That's fair. Anyway, I'm done. You got anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> no, I think we covered it. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. We are on Facebook at Cinema Slayers podcast. We're Twitter and Instagram at Cinema underscore Slayers. We're Cinema Slayers pod on TikTok. We're at Cinema Slayers pod on YouTube. We're at Cinema Slayers podcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us, I don't know, email us if you want. Uh, shout, out to pl- uh, shout out to plug Nigo and Mundo Cho for our theme song and logos respectively. Uh, Give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends' family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers, because dear sweet mothers love... Sydney Prescott. Yeah, but she's not in the movie. Yeah, but they still love her. That's fair. Which means they would not like this movie. Yes. For a multitude But they would like our podcast, because we are... Pro-Sydney and pro-slut. <laughs> exactly. Which also not enough slutting in this movie. See, maybe that's also my problem with it. No Sydney, no slutting. I'm like, <laughs> not the things I am pro. So why would you be for this movie? I exactly. Uh, and as I always end the podcast, the YouTube videos, the TikToks, or pretty much anything related to Cinema Slayers, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Remember, Cinefans, if Justin is not on the next episode, if you contact him, he will pay you $5. Nobody's going to be able to get me.
and this is 100% legally binding because he said it. But he was also so ashamed of himself that he couldn't bring himself to say it on the actual podcast and requested me, Sterling, to act on his behalf, be his legal proxy, if you will. That's right. And it's every time you listen to it. So if you just ever need $5, just throw the podcast on in the background. Be like, I listened to it and Justin, you weren't on. And he'd be like, you're right. $5. Here's some money. It's just like that old rumor that George Clooney used to walk around with cash. And if you ever walked up to him and said anything bad about Batman and Robin, he would give you like $10 or whatever to like cover your cost of going to the movies and seeing it. (laughs) That's pretty funny though. It's just like that. Same thing. I can't, I can't even imagine that they will do a scream seven. Cause I just like, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know what ideas these people could even think they have. Like they they scraped yeah. the bottom of the barrel so hard in this movie that it's nothing but wood chunks from them so literally the thing, scraping the barrel. The thing is, though, they're gonna have to have three in the new. Well, I guess technically that they've already done three in new, but mm-hmm. four, five, and six. But also, like the reception of this movie, like I wouldn't be surprised if they do another one. The next time somebody asks me why I don't believe in God, I'll say it's because there is popularity and success with Scream 6. And that's been your reason your entire life, huh? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All I was right. prophetic in that way. Mm-hmm. My cats are even fighting about it now. My youngest cat, who is a conspiracy-believing right-winger, mm-hmm. I think he's pro-Scream 6. And my oldest mm-hmm. cat, who is wise, <laughs> she doesn't like and She doesn't appreciate it, and so she goes and beats him up for it. I'm, mm. I'm there for it. I gotcha. It's the only right way. It's the only reason why they'd be fighting literally at my feet right now. Makes sense. All right, I'm out of here.